0: Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On.
1: Hello, it's Owen here. Um, I was umming and ahhing, as the expression goes, whether I was going to put out this episode at all, because um, I had a bit of a technical to-do. You know, the gremlins in the machine were having a boogie dance, and uh, I lost the microphone, uh, my microphone, so my voice will sound very poor... Um but I thought I would put out the episode anyway cuz you get to hear the views of of four other Liverpool FC fans and I like the fact that everybody's getting excited and this is the, so this is the first one of two season previews that we we're, we're putting out this week. Um I want to thank you so very much as usual for being a darling and listening and um yeah uh, enjoy, if you can, with the audio. Sorry. Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. This is Cop On Podcast coming at you with the first of this week's season previews because we've got so much to talk about. I thought I'd put it over two episodes. We've got tons to talk about. We, we won't have time to do everything we could talk for an entire week until the kickoff of the Norwich game, but we're not going to do that. That would be unrealistic. We have to eat. We have to go to the toilet. We have lives to live. But I want to start before, um, you know, getting into today's episode. uh, You can follow us on Twitter at CopOnPodcast. Send us your hate mail to CopOnPodcast at gmail.com. And this time I'm going to start with a few words from Deepak Chopra. The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Uh, is a book that he wrote a uh, very, very, very popular book. and the first law is the law of pure potentiality. It goes something like this: Everything in existence is part of a universal field of energy. This energy has many names and is referenced by the most sorry and is referenced by most major religions as well as the physical sciences. The energy is timeless, but the form of this energy is constantly shifting. Thus, everything that you experience is one representation, one perspective of this universal energy. Since you exist, you too, are a part of this energy, and you can use your consciousness to imprint your thoughts and intentions onto it, and use it to manifest anything that you choose. That said, Brian, I'm going to go to you first, because I know that you're a spiritual man. How confident are you, Brian, that Jürgen Klopp has molded the energy of the entire universe into a 20th league title for Liverpool Football Club.
0: Extremely confident. Absolutely extremely confident. And it's interesting you talk about the spirituality and consciousness because the two seasons before the last one, I felt like I was on it. On it. I was like, every ounce of my positivity and my concentration was, we are winning this. We are winning. First, it was the European Cup. And then it was the 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 premiership title, and a lot of it was down to Jurgen Klopp. I was thinking, ah, oh, this man has to win a major trophy. He absolutely, there's no way all those other fans can get there and rub their hands with glee and say, ah, oh, another nearly never won the race situation for Liverpool. And then last season, I just, I was so busy just getting through the, the year that was last year and football was, it was a nice distraction but ultimately quite an empty one uh, looking back on it now without the fans. I mean, I think the Euros really um, highlighted just how much joy the fans give us all. It, it, they're so integral to the experience of watching a football game. You can try and kid yourself, you know, saying, oh, it's great. The pipe sound of fans is just like the real thing, but it wasn't. So um, my oh, the I am I am keen as mustard and seeing that this is the best preseason, I think I've seen Liverpool for the for a very very long time the entire team looks really in a good place and yeah I'm uh, I've got my uh my chakras open I'm omen I've got my Deepak Chopra you can do it meditation's going on so feeling is good here that's absolutely marvellous.
1: That's a wonderful answer. Just the kind of positivity I'm after really, and we're all after, you know, in, this, in these difficult times. Yeah, we're coming, coming over the other side of the mountain. We're, we're skiing down the hill towards a happier time. Um, uh, Fergus, I don't know if you, if you go in for any of that gobbins, but are you going to do your bit to ask the universe for a Liverpool title or are you uh, you know looking at the odds and seeing that they, you know Manchester City are the only team that are odds on to win the league and then Chelsea are second favourites and Liverpool are third favourites? Are you a, are you a realist, Fergus, going with the with the betting, or are you sort of, you know, got some kind of Yuri Geller spoon formation in your in your in your cutlery drawer and you're you know, you you're sort of, you know, wobbling next to it every every day?
2: Uh, well, Owen, if you read the terms and the the small prints the terms and conditions of uh from the universe, then um y- you have to realize that uh, uh if someone else also wants something, then obvi- then obviously a big uh universal battle will ensue because <laughs> Manchester City equally want to win that Premier League title in the Champions League, so do Chelsea and one or two others maybe. Um, So in that case, all the wishing and all the positivity that we can invest in it won't necessarily get us the result because others want the same thing. Um, So so the the mighty gods will have to battle in the skies and and we'll see who wins. Um, But uh, it's gonna be a tough season for Liverpool. I think we've given ourselves, as Brian said, a brilliant start in pre-season it's the best pre-season you know of the Klopp era um but we are up against um some mighty uh spending power you know the oil wealth of uh in 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 the premier league of, of abramovich who's an oil billionaire from russia and obviously then the oil wealth of of uh, abu dhabi for man city and qatar for paris saint-germain in the champions league so um, you know that in some ways things are stacked against us, but uh you know if there's one person we can bet on uh, to overcome the odds uh to 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 overcome the odds as underdogs, that's Liverpool, so um we've given ourselves a really good chance uh in terms of the preseason we're ahead of man City. I don't know where Chelsea are in terms of their preseason, but uh I think things really have to go uh well for us we need henderson and fabinho to be fit all season we need our front three or four our front four really to be fit all season and we need our back four to be fit all season our squad we don't have the the strength and depth of squad that chelsea and man city have
1: it's an excellent answer um we're recording this on monday so before the results of Andy Robertson's scanner are out. I mean, fingers crossed. Um, Fergus makes some very, very valid points here. I just realized I forgot to introduce my esteemed guests today. So I'll just keep that air of suspense for you, listener. And the next one we've got uh, is uh, is Alan. And Alan, it's uh, great to have you back. Um, uh, Fergus, get you know, very realistic there about, uh, you know, we, we need injuries. We need to be as injury-free as possible. Um, how would you rate our chances going into the new season?
3: Yeah, quite. I, I'm quite positive as well. I, I, I like to keep on the positive side of stuff. Um, i say for the first 45 minutes yesterday, I was picturing us winning everything. A uh, bit of a bump down to earth when Robbo went down okay. But um, no, I'm, I'm quite confident in our ability to to put together a season. Uh, that would make us unstoppable. Um, yes, I agree. We need to keep certain players um, injury-free, of course. We don't have the squad depth. But out and out, for talent, I think we can match anybody. Particularly watching yesterday, like the, f- the first 45 minutes yesterday was just class. You know, like We talk about midfield there. Um, Harvey Elliott was playing like a fella that was in his 10th season yesterday. So, um, just on 11 minutes there, he put a ball through to Salah from the midfield that Salah crossed and Jota uh, a nearly scored out of. But that that was a ball you'd expect from Fabinho, not from, from an 18-year-old Elliot. So so I'm quite positive. Um, I like to look at the upside of things and not worry about the downside unless it comes and then we worry about it then. It's, that's my view on it.
1: That's very wise indeed. Very wise indeed. Yeah, Harvey, He played another one as well. he played... Another ball over the top We put Salah through and it was a good save from from the keeper as Salah tried to tried to lift it over the keeper. And he almost scored twice. Harvey is yeah, has been on fire so far. Um, Doug, that's one, one of the many positives going into the new season. But, you know, I'll say it again, Manchester City and Chelsea. The bookies prefer them, you know. Um, how are you feeling, Doug?
4: Feeling calm and composed, really. Um, look, I think I think we have to, you know, say I think Canetti is a big big plus. Um, we've, you've you've seen you've seen already that he he seems to be gelling into the team very well. Harvey Elliott looks like an absolute prospect as well. He looks really really good um, and seems to be playing in that midfield position that he was playing in Blackburn um, as well, which is which is very very good. But yeah, look. I- I mean, City. City may have got Jag Grealish, but the problem is Jag Grealish is not a striker. You know, C- City can. Uh, some someone actually tweeted me um, earlier on, and and an actual an actual fact. I think this is this is this is actually how you sum up Manchester City. Unless City get a striker, they're always there for the taking. You can play the prettiest football you want, but if you can't stick it in the back of the net, you'll struggle. Which I absolutely agree with. Chelsea getting Lukaku back for 100 million is absolutely ridiculous. Um, You know, it doesn't work out for him first time. You know, is it going to work out for him second time? So I look at Chelsea and I look at Manchester City and I think a lack of striker is something that is really, really worrying for them. Manchester United, I think everyone is saying a CDM is looking for them as well um so i go into the season pretty pretty calm because we've 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 got the best manager in Jurgen klopp i keep saying that um how he's worked wonders with the squad for the, the, the last four or five years i'm feeling calm and composed and i'm really really looking forward to the new season so yeah i'm i'm keeping calm keeping composed and i'm i'm very confident going into the new season
1: lovely stuff there you go we've got four four confident guests there i mean you know it we, we, we're staying positive and, and for my tuppence worth into the into the situation me too I'm, I'm i think a great advantage is that people are underrating us um i am i do think lukaku will be a success at chelsea assuming that he's he does sign or re-sign for them uh because you know looking at the table the xg table i'm not a big fan of xg but it does tell you what you what chances a team is creating and, and chelsea were minus 10 goals they should have scored 10 more goals they fluffed 10 massive chances basically it works out as that they should have been 10 goals better off um and also they conceded um a lot more than they should have done. They they can see five more if you look at the X G table. So I do expect Chelsea to improve, especially with Lukaku. Um Manchester City is a great point, uh Doug, about the you know, they they still don't have that goal scorer, whether or not they they get Kane over the line or someone similar. I mean that that you know then I, I would worry about them. But I don't think Grealish would necessarily um improve them to hugely because he has weaknesses in in his game. Um, I mean, he's a very good player and he he creates, you know, as much as Neymar, you know, per 90 minutes of a match, which is is an incredible stat, really. But uh, generally speaking, regardless of what the others do, I think Liverpool are in a good place. Just seeing the majestic Virgil, um, he only played 70 minutes yesterday, but he's just... He's just wonderful. And, and, and a player from yesterday, I won't talk about yesterday, uh, the, the friendly against Athletic Bilbao. Um, right next to him was a player, uh, Brian, um, Joel Matip, um, who people are not really talking about, you know, on, on LFC Twitter. It was his birthday yesterday. Uh, and, uh, you know, on other podcasts that I've listened to. But Joel Matip looks like he's just, you know, he's back from injury and he's back at as someone who... For me, if, if Varane had signed for Liverpool, I would still play Matip ahead of Varane. That's how much I, I rate Matip. And then Virgil coming back. Um, are you starting both of them against Norwich, uh, Brian? I mean, are, are, you know, how do you feel about both of their, their comebacks from injury? Um, M-
0: Matip looks great absolutely he looks brilliant and i think uh a lot of liverpool fans will agree with the sentiments that you just said there i mean when he's fit he's uh he's the best uh he's he's the number two center back uh for me at uh uh at, at liverpool and and He's he's just as good as Virgil. I mean, Vir, Virgil uh, he's the best striker in the he's the best defender in the world. But Matip has different um, aspects to his game that uh, that Virg doesn't. Um, I, it's always been with him. It's always been can he remain fit and he looks really strong. He looks so steady, uh, great in the air again. Um, i i read um a couple of weeks ago that his um his recovery and where he's at he's a, he's at least 2 weeks ahead of the other guys um in that so i think he's an absolute shoe in for starting against norwich and verge again you know he, he I, I love the way we're kind of easing him back into uh into into uh, starting for us i mean he did uh, i think was it 60 plus minutes um in the last game and he looks he he looks great, you know, so far, so good, so um I don't know, I mean, it all depends on tonight and how uh uh the game i mean i, I i'm there's so many Liverpool games coming thick and fast I, I I believe there's another game on tonight, um and uh Joe is playing um but if 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 I had to guess. Uh, Veg is one of those players that you could just throw in there, but, you know, whether we do that or not is is another thing. All I'll say is Matip will definitely start next week for sure.
1: Yeah, great answer. Great answer. Um, um, We shall see what happens. Yeah, tonight's game is against Osasuna, which we will be reviewing on Cop 1 actually tomorrow. Um, It's very exciting times. Um, Fergus, I'm going to give you the team uh, from yesterday against Bilbao and you can just choose any player and talk about that player. So, Alisson in goal, Trent, Matic, Van Dijk and Robertson, Harvey Elliott, James Milner, Naby Keita, Mo Salah, Diogo Jota, and Sadio Mane was our team. Who do you want to talk about, Fergus, and where do you want to go with it?
2: OK, great. <clears throat> I'll talk about a couple of players very briefly. Uh, one, of course, I'll echo what Brian said about Joel Massap. He's... Um, He's a brilliant centre half, and we should. Since we're giving out contracts, uh, we should definitely give him a new contract, Um, along with Virgil. Virgil and Matip is our best central defensive partnership, Um, and it's great to have Joe Gomez and um, uh, and uh, the the. I forget the name of our new signing.
1: Matip, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So it's great to have those. But to to start with, um, hopefully, I mean, Virgil was looking a bit sluggish yesterday, uh, he went up and <clears throat> tried to head away the the ball from the kickoff and mi- completely missed his header which as we know is unlike him and then in the 34th minute he was really caught on his heels as um, I think it was Inaki Williams got away on the halfway line. So he's looking a bit sluggish, he's not looking completely fit but it's going to take time for him to get his match fitness back. Um, and I'm sure the club will be on top of that whether he's ready to start against Norwich uh, looks like from yesterday's lineup, yesterday's lineup looks like it's the mooted uh, first 11 for the Norwich game, so it looks like they're lining him up for a start, even if it's only going to be 60 minutes, um, so let's see how that goes, but as I say, he looks some way off his, um, his uh, peak fitness. Harvey Elliott um, and Naby Keita and James Milner, I thought our midfield was <coughs> weak defensively yesterday. Milner's got a great passing range, um, and he's 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 got lovely um, you know ability on the ball, but um, it's not necessarily a natural number six, so it's not always in the right place. I think that uh, um, Bilbao is really a mid-table Spanish side. It's like playing a Burnley or someone, and um, they really got through our midfield too quickly sometimes uh, yesterday, uh, and got some breakaways. Um, so, and, and I think all three are guilty of that, Elliot, uh, Milner, and Keita. Uh, Elliot and Keita are really attacking midfielders. And, um, uh, you know, despite the reputation that Keita came with, I, I think he's, he's a bit weak defensively, especially in the anticipation stakes. And Elliot is also definitely an attacking midfielder. So I, I didn't think our pressing was good enough in certain situations yesterday from the midfield. So we're really gonna need Fabinho back as soon as possible Um, and we need him to stay fit all season and we also miss Hendo on that right side of the three for his um defensive awareness so yeah that they're the the ones that really stood out yesterday Jota I think is a you know he's just a great signing it's a typical um FSG Liverpool signing pick someone up from under the radar and they turn out to be you know a, a bargain really and then Salah Salah hasn't got his shooting boots on yet. Let's hope he gets them. And Mane is looking very fit as well. But I suppose my one concern for the season would be um, whether we can score enough goals. It seems like we need a lot of chances in order to to start to 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 uh, score. And um, it'll help once we have our first choice midfield. It means that the defence can push up even further it means you know uh, our biggest uh, playmaker is our pressing and if we're not pl- pressing well enough we're not getting enough chances so I th- we need our first choice uh, midfield in order to be able to create more chances
1: it's a very reasonable analysis indeed yeah I mean there is that thing Alan When, when you know Harvey Elliott I mean we we uh, I, I've heard um, podcasts uh, comparing him to, to to a young Grealish, comparing him to Coutinho, uh, which is very good. Um, I, I compared him to Iniesta on a previous show, uh, like a young Iniesta. He honestly reminds me of that. He's he's that good. But Fergus brings up a good point: is if you've got Trent pushing up on the right, and obviously Mo Salah pushing up, uh, and Elliot as well uh, attacking. Um, that leaves, uh, you know, yesterday it was Joel Matip to sort of defend against uh, three or four players <laughs> who were on the break, um, and I, and and I did find that with Milner not being able to to get across and and, and help uh, perhaps as quickly or effectively as he would like. Um, I think maybe that's that's an issue going forward. Is you know how susceptible we are to the break. Uh, what what do you think about that,
3: Alan? Yeah, um, that's a great observation. Um, I was just looking at some of my notes here from yesterday. Um, I think I agree with you 100%. Um, uh, just going through my notes from yesterday, I thought Trent and Harvey were linking up fantastic. Uh, I could actually see what you were saying last week about Trent going into midfield eventually because the two of them are linking up so good. Um, but I think the, the difference in the team that will start next week is I think Fabinho will be back in, uh, possibly instead of Millie. Um, I think Klopp is going to start hard. Uh, I just have that feeling that he's going to start him fresh and give him a good go. But if Fabinho's there to do the covering, um, I can't see that being a problem. But you're right. If, if Fabinho's not there, it would be a worry. And um, just on Harvey yesterday, I just I was just blown away by him. Like we all, we all know him for the last two years. We knew what he was possibly capable of, but just yesterday he was just amazing. You know, I just couldn't. You couldn't think think that was an 18 year old boy. Like you know. Um, Possibly, yeah. Uh, um, possibly, yeah. You're right. He's a little bit weak there with Trent on that side, but I think Fabinho will will sort that problem out.
1: Yeah, I mean, let's hope so. Absolutely, but uh, yeah, I mean, talking about the positives about about Harvey Elliott's uh, scintillating performance, really. Um, I saw a great uh, tweet uh, um, from someone at 1942 Jeff Jeff with a G. And he was actually born in in 1942, was Jeff. And he tweeted, uh, and I quote, In 1947, when I was five, I went to a birthday party in one of the flats above the shops. My friend had a cake in the shape of a railway steam engine. I've never forgotten it. I'm now 78. And Doug, I was was wondering if if there were some five-year-olds at Anfield yesterday, um, who uh, in, let's try and do the maths, I think it's in 20, in the year 2096, will be on Twitter or or the version of it in the future, and and recall that performance from Harvey Elliott, because it was absolutely sublime, wasn't it? Um, So talk to me about Harvey Elliott, and are you concerned a little bit that, uh, you know, there's a lot of space in behind when when all three of those who are, are attacking are down our right-hand
4: side. I think Fergus, I think Fergus made a very valid, valid point by that. Um, you know, I think, look, Elliot, I think, has done well to be in that midfield position at Blackburn. He seems to have thrived upon it in, in the Liverpool team so far. I thought Elliot was absolutely fantastic yesterday. So unlucky not to get a goal as well. That That one where he... Uh, dinks inside uh, their, I think their left back and twists and turns and you know he, he curls a lovely shot and it goes um, just off the underside of the bar and then bounces out, so that that was very, very unlucky One player I do want to talk about and I, I think he's gone under the radar a little bit, and happy birthday to him today as well, it's, it's his birthday, it's Owen Beck who apparently is the nephew of Ian Rush I, I, I found out um, a couple of days ago as well about that so eh, i thought he was very good yesterday as well um i do think we are missing our first choice midfield like i think have missing fab missing tiago missing Hendo almost i i think we're gonna have to be careful with Hendo i think he's he, he seems to be picking up um injuries uh a lot uh recently tiago it'll be interesting to see if he can you know stay fit um fabinho is a big one for me if he can keep him fit then I think you've 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 always got a a, a good chance, um as well. Yeah, Millie, look, Millie is getting on a little bit, but he is still Mr Reliable. Never, very rarely injured as well. Um, and I think we're all sort of praying, um that Nabi Keita sort of stays fit, um for for the for the remainder of the of the season. Because I think I think if I'm being honest, I think this is a make or break season for Nabi Keita. Because um, I think we've all wanted him to succeed, um, but unfortunately he just seems to get these wee niggles, wee muscle injuries, and you know he, he's there. They're out for you know two to four, and then this obviously goes on to four six weeks. So you you would hope you'd hope that uh, he he would be he'd be good. But I absolutely agree with what Fergus said. I think that midfield yesterday is attacking, and I think we just need a little bit of defensive stability with Fab with potentially Thiago and with Hendo. I think there were definitely a lot of space going down uh, down um, our midfield yesterday. But I do think that going into that that Norwich game, I can see at least one of the midfield three definitely starting. I think Fab will definitely start. And then I think there's a question mark over Thiago um, and, and Hendo. And to be honest, I don't think Naby Keita has done themselves... Um, no favors, and you know, starting against uh, Norwich, I think he will probably start. And you know, the, I, I, at this rate, I don't think you can drop Harvey Elliott. I know it might be a bit of I know it might be a bit of a, a bit of an early one to you know throw him in, but he he, he looks he looks like he's ready. He looks like he's ready. I, I think we have to be careful with him as well. Um, he's only he's only eighteen, but what a player we have. And I I think um. I think uh, Keita and Elliot uh, have done themselves no favours and uh, no harm, I should say, in uh, in starting at at Norwich because we just don't know what the situation is with Thiago and, and Henderson.
1: And if you had to choose between them, Doug, if you had to choose just one of them, either Naby or Harvey to start against Norwich, which one would you choose?
4: I would choose Harvey, to be honest with you.
1: Okay, okay. I'm going to put the same question to Brian. And also, Brian, I want you to talk about uh, Nabby Cater, because for me, Nabby is looking stronger than he has before. You know, I, I don't know if this is just my false hope, you know, another false nabby Cater dawn. But um, I, I loved... I've loved him in preseason. season I, I, I doubted him before the preseason started. I would have been happy to accept some kind of offer, even, you know, take a loss on him if someone's still willing to pay 30 million. But now I wouldn't sell him for 300 million. Uh, what do you think, Brian?
0: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, I mean, at the risk of being completely boring and just agreeing with everything you say all the time. <laughs> but um, he uh, I had the same feeling about him. He... Um, for me, he's been the player of the preseason. Um, I don't know if this is an accurate assessment, but he just seems to be involved in all of the goals that we've scored. He's made some absolute beautiful tackles, you know, just steals the ball, middle of the pitch, turns it around, feeds the ball in, goal. And, yeah, I, can put, I, I I picked up on that as well. He does seem like he's um he's not a, a rabbit caught in the, in the headlights anymore, which he seemed like that for a couple of years. And I know he had a problem. He had problems settling and we've gone over this before in previous shows and people are kind of a little bit hard on him and didn't realize just how difficult it is to settle or to pick up a foreign language. Um, so yeah, he, he's looked absolutely um, immense. Uh, I, I would, uh, if I had to pick one of the two, I would definitely go with Nabby, I suppose. Um, but, Having said that, I've been banging the Harvey Elliott drum for a while now, and, uh, you know, I think that kid's going to be worth over 100 million within a couple of seasons. He is exceptional, absolutely exceptional. And not only that, I've got this, you know, he is us. Harvey Elliott is like Trent was. Like he, you get that feeling off him that he's living our dreams as well. I mean, all these players come along. We all love them and et cetera. But there's certain, certain players where you think, yeah, he's just as excited to be out there as we are watching him. Um, and uh, he just re- he reminds me of Su- Suarez in terms of his how quickly he thinks uh, his footballing brain is on a different level. He, he, he And he's and he's only and he's not. Phased by the fact that he's playing for Liverpool and not only is he playing Liverpool, he's playing out of position. I don't know how much he played there in the championship last season, but he he just seems like he's got such good football intelligence that he could play anywhere on the pitch. And uh, you you listen to him um, speaking um, after the match or, you know, anytime he's doing any media and he just comes across as a very well put together young man and, and and he has got real leadership qualities about him. He's got a real presence. So I I, I don't think this kid is just a, you know, um, a one hit wonder or he's going to disappear. He looks like he's ready to stake a place in this team uh, and ready to compete for a shirt. Um, So Yeah. Both of them have been an absolute joy, completely. And I'm over the moon for, for both of them for different reasons. I'm particularly over the moon for Naby um, because he came with a massive reputation. Everybody in football rates him incredibly highly. He, I think the stars just didn't align for him. He was very unlucky with a couple of injuries. And then, you know, he, was, he his career at Liverpool has been stop, start, stop, start. He, he hasn't really got a run of games. Um, but you're right. I picked up on that as well. I actually said to my friend, he's like, you know, I know we've always said, we say this every summer, but Naby, (laughs) Naby looks really good. So, I mean, I think that the pushback from most people is, yeah, he always looks good. Um, Let's just see where he's at, like four games into the season. So I think we're all going to be, you know, on tender hooks. And because if he could stay fit, you know, if Naby can stay fit, then I mean, you can argue that we don't need to go out and sign another player because, if the we, if all the players we've got stay fit, then we don't need to replace Genie because probably Naby is the, is the player who will replace Genie. Genie. But uh, I'll go with Nabby to answer your original question. And I'm really happy for Harvey. He, he goes from strength to strength.
1: Excellent stuff. Lovely answer. Alan, you wanted to come in?
3: Yeah, thanks, Owen. Uh, yeah, just I agree with everything there. Um, just on Nabby yesterday, I, I was lucky enough to watch the game in, in its entirety. And uh, I noticed—I don't know if anybody else did—that on around 28, 30 minutes, Naby was holding his knee after a tackle, and I thought, "Oh no, here we go." But another three, four minutes later, he was down, stretching his knees and holding his knees again. And but the thing is, he, he stretched out, he got up, and he played on, and he came back on the second half, which uh, was a great sign, and hopefully it's a sign to come. Uh, I just don't know. If anybody not a I was watching it there. So hopefully that's a sign that he is over his injuries and he's he didn't just give up and think, oh God, here I've an injury again. I better come off or anything like that. I mean, I
0: hope I hope he didn't pick up an injury and I hope also. I mean I I re, I listened to Stephen uh talk about who was the hardest players he, he played with over the years and one of the things he said was Suarez was one of the hardest players because he was never on the injury uh, table. And uh, he 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 and he got absolutely battered, as we all know, up and down the pitch. And I think Harvey, because uh, uh, injury and pain is a mental thing, you know, and, and everybody feels it differently. And I think, as I think Doug was saying, anyone, this is we we, we said this last season about um, Naby. This is a pinnacle season for him. He has to really make it. But there's, there's no going. There's no get out of jail after this season. It's it's obvious. It's like shit or bust now. It has to happen for him. And I, I think you know he just has to, <laughs> if he picks up a knock or whatever, he has to play through the pain and just get used to it. So I mean, I didn't, I didn't pick up on that, uh, Alan. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, hopefully it's nothing too serious. Well, absolutely,
1: absolutely. Um, one expression you used before, Brian. You know, I'm an English teacher. I can't, I can't help it. Um, but it's one, it's a mistake lots of people make. You said on tender hooks. But the phrase is actually on tenter hooks with a T, tenter hooks. And a tenter hook is literally a sharp hook that fastens cloth to a tenter, which is a frame on which cloth is stretched like a tent for even drying or to prevent shrinkage. Um, So the phrase compares the tenseness of the fabric to the feeling of being very tense. And that's from Miriam Webster. Merriam Webster's website. Um, anyway, there you go. Um, you learn something new, um, maybe, uh, sometimes. Uh, yes, so uh going back to to the game and, and and getting ready for the season is yes, we've talked about the midfield, we've talked about the you know lots of things already. Already. Um, but Fergus, I think maybe the greatest thing, if we're gonna be really analytical about this and we're gonna you know think a little bit laterally the greatest thing we can expect from this season or we can hope for at least is alison becker recapturing his very best form because when you have the world's best goalkeeper in your goal um who's not distracted by injury and then of course uh you know it doesn't of course, he still has to deal with the tragedy uh, that happened to him and his family but you know with a little bit of time passing you would you would hope that that as usual that that gets a little bit easier to deal with as time goes on and he can focus fully on his form because he's been in excellent form that uh kick into touch in the first half uh with standing what do you what do you think about alison becker and his importance to our season
2: yeah he's just signed a new contract so he's incredibly important he seems comes across as a really nice guy family guy um, you know and and a, and um, a very um, you know participates very well within the squad <clears throat> environment he's highly appreciated by his teammates and by the management so he's extremely important to us um, good thing is that we seem to have a, a very able deputy now in Kevin Kelleher so that's really that's um it's a big positive for us, but just coming back to the, the what we were discussing about cater i mean i'd take a more phlegmatic approach on cater i i'd sell him tomorrow and um i think he's already had his um he's going into season four now <clears throat> and um you know if we, if we were to get an offer uh even half of what of what we we bought him for i i would sell him in in the current market um because I just think that he's going to continue to uh, disappoint and let us down. he shows flashes, but I'm not quite sure that he's the the, uh, the midfielder for Liverpool because he he's he's more of an attacking midfielder. I'm not sure if we can um, afford both Elliot and Kaita in the same midfield. Um, I think you asked uh, uh, was it uh, Brian earlier you asked uh, would you rather have Elliot or Keita starting against? Norwich, I would also take Elliot. you know, he provides more going forward um, than Keita. So Keita uh, is now, you know, fully fit in inverted commas. So if there was an offer coming in, I, I would take it while he's, while he's fit. Um, and the other thing is, in terms of signing a, a Wijnaldum replacement, I mean, my view would be we probably signed a Wijnaldum replacement last season when we signed uh, Tiago.
1: Yeah, very interesting stuff. Very interesting stuff. I, I, I still um I think our team is still crying out for a destroyer, as I say, pretty much every week. But yeah, okay. So it's nice to have different opinions. Fergus would sell cater tomorrow. I understand that. Um you would think that his injury record, uh, you know, just um is uh, you know, means that he's very, very likely to, to miss large chunks of the season. But I just think that he looks stronger in his Brian says. He looks more settled. He feels, he looks like on the outside that he feels more part of the squad. You can see the training videos. He's laughing at, his, uh, at himself a little bit and, you know, people are all calling him nabby lad and he seems part of the group. Um, time will tell, time will tell. Both uh, points of view are very valid, whether we should keep him or cash in on him, um, but uh, I would personally love to, love to see him. Um, rip, rip teams apart. Uh, but um, uh, Doug, uh, I was uh, going to go on to uh, to Trent Alexander-Arnold because Trent seems to have played his preseason um, in a textbook kind of fashion, where you know he started off and he looked uh, pretty rusty, and then yesterday's game came around and he looks like he's he's pretty much gearing up to 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 attack Norwich. Um, grab them by the throat, and you know he's he'll be ready for kickoff. Um, what do you think of Trent's pre-season, and, and how excited are you? Uh, you know, do you think he still has a, a point to prove to Gareth Southgate that he's, you know, the best uh, best right back in England?
4: Uh not not so much as a not so much as a, a a point to prove, but I I think we I think we we have to say this now. I think probably Trent's probably going to be I would say probably top assist maker for Liverpool. Um, you look at his stats recently. I think I think only De Bruyne um has more assists than Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think in the last three or four seasons. I think I could be completely wrong on that, but um, you know, Robbo and uh, Trent are obviously in that in that bracket. But I think Trent's had a very good preseason so far. He's kind of been slowly. You know, coming back, obviously he didn't play in the. I think uh, the first couple of friendlies, but um, I think he's. I think he's been very, very good. He seems to be, you know, very, very uh, calm and composed on the ball, and you know, he always has a, always has a look for a pass as well. So, um, I think, I think Trent will be uh having having a good season. Um, hopefully he doesn't get injured because I think if he does get injured, then you know, right back is a bit of a problem because, you know. Uh, although to be fair it has gone pretty quiet on Neko Williams. There's nothing seems to be coming out of Liverpool or or, or anything from the from the club that Neko Williams seems to be um moving on. So that could be something as well. I suppose you've got Connor Bradley to come in, but then again, you know, he's he's too young. Neko Williams is, is another right back option as well. Um I mean people are saying Joe Gomez there, but for me I would not have Joe Gomez at right back. I think he played right back against Burnley and look what happened. He got a really nasty injury um, against um, against Burnley. So I think the only problem I would have, if Trent gets injured, I would worry about uh, the right-back situation. I think, I think that's one of our uh, weakest um, uh, positions in the side. Um, so I'm hopeful, hopeful this time around that uh, Trent can have a very, very good season, stay fit. Uh, but yeah, I think he's... He is. I think. Look, I think people say that Trent Alexander-Arnold is definitely like this. This myth he can't he can't defend is absolutely nonsense. Like we we know he can defend. We know that people can get past him pretty easily. But for me, he can defend. Um, he is more of a midfielder. I think we we can say that for 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 sure. But um, you look at Wan Saka of Manchester United, where he gets compared to so many times. And like, yes, Trent gets caught out uh, a wee bit. But I've seen Wamba play for Manchester United for a, a number of seasons now, and actually he seems to be getting caught out really, really um, a lot. Um, seemed I, I saw saw um saw pre friendly between Queens Park Rangers and Manchester United, and yes, we cannot I know it's only pre-season, etc. But Wamba kept getting caught out a lot. Um, seems to be losing his man uh, a lot as well. So you know, but but everyone everyone you know says that he's very very good. You know for last ditch tackles, etc. But for me, while is a good defender. He's not a great defender. And he's not very good going forward as well. Whereas Trent has has it all. He can defend, he can cross, um, and he you know he, he he does pick up a few goals now and there. So I think I think Trent will have a very, very good season and um fingers crossed he can stay fit as well.
1: Excellent answer. Um an interesting stat. Um wan Besaca has, has played uh, 111 Premier League games and his tackle success over that period is 65%. Um, and Trent Alexander-Arnold uh, has played 129 Premier League games and his tackle success is 62%. It's not 3% difference where wan Besaca, if you listen to the media, is like, you know, the best defensive right back in well, if you listen to Rio Ferdinand, he's the best defensive right back in, in, in Europe. I think that's, that's pretty much nonsense. Um, yes, he makes more tackles. Uh, he he's, has 375 tackles compared to 213 for Trent. But, you know, the success rate is only 3% more. And the reason he makes so many tackles is that he's sort of slightly in the wrong position all the time. that he has to make them, whereas Trent is there and he doesn't really have to make uh, make those tackles he's he's also top in terms of our interceptions and blocks uh last season uh for for top for liverpool so that's I find that quite interesting um Fergus i'm going to get back to you because uh, i i need your your um, your rationality your your you know your cool headedness uh, for an analysis uh of sadio mané because sadio mané is a player who um, you know, not that I questioned him, but it was just obvious that he he had a disappointing season by his own admission last season. But now I'm getting all jiggly wiggly, all excited because Sadio Mane the snarl looks back, and you know those really quick changes of direction. Uh, you know he's he's he goes one way and then he goes. He, he moves his body in ways that seem physically impossible. And I'm getting all excited. And and, and should I be getting excited that Manny uh, has indeed found his mojo from under the rock where he hid it? And, and uh, you know, he's really going to come back firing? Or has he, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, still he's lost that burst of the 2017-18 Manny. I don't know. What, where do you stand on it?
2: Yeah, I think he's also looking uh, much better already than last season. Um, everyone knows he's had more of a rest uh, this summer, had a proper preseason. So, you know, I, I think Liverpool's title hopes really depend on <clears throat> these factors, um, such as we've had a better preseason than certainly Man City. Uh, I don't know what Chelsea's preseason was like, but I think they had a lot of players at the, at the Euros. Um, we, we've been extraordinarily lucky in our pre-season because Trent didn't go. Um, several other players who did go uh, came back early. Um, Virgil didn't go. Matip didn't go. Um, Allison was in Brazil but didn't play much for 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 Brazil. Fabinho the same. Um, <clears throat> even Hendo didn't get many minutes for England. So we've 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 been extraordinarily lucky this um, this summer, and uh, I think Mane uh, can benefit from. From uh, the, the pre, a full preseason, this is the best preseason that Klopp has ever had. Uh, he's really designed it down to a T, 21 days of the, the players together, so we have to use every advantage we have in order to be able to overcome the likes of City, Chelsea, and, and United because we can't match them on the in, <clears throat> on the, the spending front. And then, you know, talking of Manet. He was just another bargain signing. I think we got him for 30 million or so from Southampton. And then when you look at um, the likes of kate Gordon and Harvey Elliott, we signed both of them as 16-year-olds for about a million quid each, uh, maybe less uh, for Harvey Elliott. And uh, that, that's really the advantage that Liverpool has to push home. You know, we have to use those um, uh, analytical uh, 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 advantages. To, to, to identify players that are under the radar of other clubs. <clears throat> um, you know, look at Harvey Elliott now. He's probably already a £25 million player, just on the basis of his performances. Um, Cade Gordon looks like Kingsley Komen uh, down the right-hand side. And, um, you know, he looks like uh, he wouldn't be out of place in a Bayern Munich team. So he, he's a, another great one we've picked up. So, <clears throat> excuse me secondly. second Lee. <coughs> Excuse me, while I cough. Um, there's also a very weak market for selling players, so we haven't been able to move on uh, Shakiri and Divock. Um, <coughs> so this season, we we've really got to hope that our forwards have their shooting boots on, such as Mane and Salah and Jota. Jota looks like he's normally got his shooting boots on and I think Jota will really provide competition for Bobby Firmino this year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Brilliant link because that's exactly who I wanted to talk about next. The last player I want to talk about, not, I want to get all of your thoughts really on on Diogo Jota because I think the way that he's, he's so clever, he's so smart, he's, he's so quick, his feet are so quick and his mind is so quick and, I, and uh, as says, yes, I mean, he's, he's, he's often got his shooting boots on. I'll bring up some stats in a moment, but Alan, I want your opinion first on, on uh, Diogo Jota and his importance for us this
3: coming season. Oh, I think he's going to be hugely important to us. It's like you said, his feet, the way he moves, the way he, the way he attacks. Sometimes he looks like a player that's going nowhere, but then he just does something spectacular. His amount of energy, he, he's running, he's, he's willing to take shots. Do you know, uh, he's fantastic. Some players, you get them man, you think maybe you know, the second season is not going to be as dramatic as the first. But I think he's shown in a few games already that he's just going to be on fire this year. I think, yeah, he will put Bobby under a bit of pressure this year. We're lucky to have him and Bobby for when the two lads go to the African Cup of Nations. I think it's a big year ahead of him. And you could be looking at himself, Bobby and Harvey Elliott up front when the lads are away. Huge, huge year ahead of them, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, lovely stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, the good news about the African is apparently we there are only two league games, and that's obviously what we want the league, we want the Champions League, and the rest are just you know happy bonuses if 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 we can get them. But uh, you know, we only miss two league games. Our African players will only miss two league games. But, but yeah, Diogo Jota, uh, Brian is um, twenty. Uh, four years old and 248 days Uh, so he will be 25 fairly soon Um, he got 13 goals and one assist in 28 appearances but about 1650 minutes it works out in the past 365 days to 0.7 non-penalty expected goals and expected assists per match but actually the reality is he he outperforms that he's on more or less one goal or one assist per match uh, which is pretty extraordinary um so jota or firmino against norwich uh who would you who would you go for brian um I,
0: i would go with jota I think I think it was Abdul who 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 mentioned on a previous podcast like all the different types of players in our squad that have got a point to prove, and uh, I don't think Jota has a point to prove, but he is um, he is so obviously ready to stake his claim in that top those those front three, and as as you know, appear to his uh, compatriots up front. Um, he seems like the the, the striker with the sharpest eye in front of goal at the moment. He just is clinical. You put him in front of the goal, the ball's gone in the back of the net. And he he must know what the challenge ahead of him is. And then at the moment, you know, there's a lot of question marks about Bobby, who we all love and, you know, and and his game is slightly different. But, you know, if I was Jota, I'd be thinking, okay, Bobby Firmino that's that's the shirt I'm going after because um the great thing about our front three is that we can shuffle them around they can play either side um and there is a there's a growing case for uh putting Jota perhaps in Mane's position chucking Salah up front or chucking Mane up front and put one of the one of the two on the other side but um he's looked absolutely brilliant I mean I was over the moon when we signed him because he was just the perfect signing for us and he has not put a single foot wrong since he signed for us um with the exception of like getting injured but that's not his fault um but you know every time he he, he puts a shirt on as you 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 alluded to there with the statistics he he just influences the game and um it's looking great i mean i i really think this is going to be jota's season i just yeah and i think also Mane Looks like he's he's getting back to his best. He knows that there's going to be absolutely fierce competition for a shirt up front this season, um, and I think Jot is going to rip up the rip up the league. He's going to tear it up
1: absolutely. I love it. I love the optimism. Uh, it's great stuff, and I totally agree. We're looking so good, Brian. Absolutely, um, uh, Doug. We, we I think we scored. This is from memory. I'll check it, but I think we only scored 68 goals uh, last season. I'm going to check that right now. But um, we're going to need to improve. I mean, you know, when we won the league, we scored, I think, about just under 100, somewhere in the 90s. So we basically, I think, if we're going to challenge, we need to improve by about 25 goals, (laughs) which is a hell of a lot. (laughs) But... I think we can do it Doug it, with the players we've got if of course if they manage to stay injury free or, or the majority injury free through the season how how optimistic are you that we can actually you know with the same players um make up those extra you know 20 25 goals that we will need if we're going to challenge for the league
4: yeah i think if you look at if you look at Jota's goals from last season i think you have to say that I think they were going to. I think you have to say that. Look, Jota, Jota, for me, if he was, if he had stayed fit, I reckon he would get fifteen, twenty goals quite easily. He is on He is actually looking on fire in pre-season right now. Um, I think, and I'm going to say this now, I think he's going to start the season. I think Bobby will be on the bench for Norwich. I think you'll see Jota, Mani, Salah start the season, um, and actually. I'm expecting big things for Jota this season. I think if you're looking between like Premier League goals, I think if he stays fit, I can see him having between 15 to 20 goals this season. And I think it could easily be 20 to 25 in all comps. I really I think this is a big, big season for Jota. And if he can keep playing the way he has been doing, I think he is going to have a very, very good season. And I actually do think that we do need goals from Mane this season. We need, we need goals from Firmino. We need go- goals from Jota. Salah can't do it on his own. As much as, you know, he's, his, his stats are absolutely incredible. Um, I do think we can get more goals this season. I really, really do. Because um, I think having Verge back, you'll get those long diagonal balls out to, obviously, well, if Roberts, Robertson, hopefully Robertson's injury is not too too serious. But yeah, you'll have that out to... You'll have that out to... um. Uh, to Trent um, uh, as well. So I think I think we we need more goals from midfield. We need more goals from um, we need more goals from the, the the well. We need more assists from from the midfield, and we need we definitely need more goals from uh, you know Firmino and uh, and Mane as well. Um, so I'm really really looking forward to to the season. But I will definitely say this now. I think Jota stays fit. He is getting 15 to 20 goals or even 20 to 25 goals this season in all comps.
1: I would absolutely agree. I'd say you're even low it. He might even get thirty. Who knows? Um just for confirmation, so last season we did indeed score 68 goals. The season before, when we won the league, um I repeat that when we won the league, um we scored 85 goals. And the season before when we were picked at the post we scored eighty nine goals. Um, so there you go. Eighty five or eighty nine goals is what is the target. So we need to improve by seventeen minimum. And I think uh, I think we can do that already. Um, the last, very very last question. Um, and uh, I I'm just going to go to Fergus uh, for it. Uh, and other people can chime in if they wish to. Uh, and it's just two a two word question. Um, Because I want you to just, um, you know, talk about the first things that come into your head when I mentioned the two words, Jürgen and
2: Klopp. Well, uh, it's very hard. It's such a big subject. But um, I suppose what you would uh, what would come to mind would be words like savior or messiah or uh, transformative manager um, leader. Uh, he's he's he will go down as probably our best manager since Shankly, because of what he's done, how he's dragged the the club up um, from a pretty poor position for a club of our history, and uh, you know we we know that Bob Paisley, Joe Fagan, um, won more trophies than Klopp, uh, but they started out with the Shankly. Uh, Club, Uh, so they they were they were gifted, you know, a a club which was already um, top of the world. So, yeah, one one thing you I would say that I've observed about Klopp is that he his his ethos permeates the whole club, and he's the perfect manager for FSG in that he is happy to coach players. buy younger players coach younger players bring players up through the academy and um, he actually disdains he, he, you always see him laugh when people talk uh journalists ask him in press conferences and interviews about the transfer markets and about signing players basically he just likes to work with a bunch of lads and get the best out of them and have kind of a big happy family but in but also drive them and push them extremely hard as you've seen from the the pre-season, now sometimes that um, you know b- people often talk about uh, he pushes uh, players to their limits. That uh, burnout is is a potential for clubs players, but um, really it's it's a perfect match the club and him because we need to get the best out of our players possible. We need to to have all of our players playing at their optimal. Um, ability Uh, you you know if you put Mane or Salah into another club like a Chelsea or um, a Man City or a Man United they, they would just be an above average player they would just be you know they may not be one of the stars they may never have achieved what they've achieved at Liverpool at one of those other clubs and I think that is down to Klopp, who gets the most out of every talent and, and every player at his disposal. And I suppose the other, the final thing is, he's such a nice man as well. He's very popular; everyone loves him. So you know that's probably the most important thing, uh, apart from his his ability to to help everyone achieve uh, miracles, really. And yeah, uh, I suppose finally, um, <coughs> on, on this club, everyone's talking about. Well, I mean, the the talk is about transfers all the time. I I come from an era when we didn't have a transfer window. I think you're allowed to sign players any time up until March in the league, Um, or or there may have been no transfer window at all, you know, back in the 80s and 90s. Uh, The transfer window was introduced with the Premier League. So, um, you know, it's really just a distraction, and it's, it's, it shows the obsession with money in the game and in, in the world in general these days but um the uh, we, we don't um you know we we don't need uh to di- to disassemble this team yet you know it's a great team if you think back to the 80s we had a great team in the mid 80s and uh the, the liverpool historically o- only disassemble a team once they get they're past it you know they'll move players on when they're past it and none of our players are past it yet um certainly not in our starting 11 or or, or 14 15 day uh, 15 uh squad so um th- that's uh that's our, st- our strength really is is to uh keep this, which is a great team, it's shown itself to be a great team, it's won the Premier League and it's won the Champions League, and this team has got uh, more miracles to give. And um ju- just on the great man, on Klopp, he, he made a-, a comment the other day in his interview, it was kind of a throw line, I'm not sure if anyone picked up on it, but uh what he did say is, you can't sign our anthem, you can't sign our atmosphere, and you can't sign our fans
1: beautiful beautiful absolutely lovely um jürgen i mean you know it, it's interesting the first words that come to your mind are savior and messiah and that's absolutely superb because uh, yeah i mean the love we have for him is, is is endless and boundless and as you say it's not only does he does he achieve such marvelous things he's such a nice guy as well and that's a uh, That's, uh, you know, that's wonderful. Um, Great stuff. I think we'd better finish there because we have run out of time. But I want to thank you so much, Alan, Brian, Doug, and Fergus uh, for joining me in this week's first uh, season preview. Um, I'm really excited. I hope all of our listeners are, uh, all of our contributors are as well, I can tell. And, uh, you know, bring on Norwich on Saturday. And thank you all. Uh, for joining me thanks guys up the road.